Hello, Frank. My dad kidnapped me once. A holiday is what this will be. You and me, son. On 12th of October, 2004, my dad popped out to buy a bottle of milk and never came back. Frank Burton, that's my name as well, I'm Frank Jr. Of course, your investigation. I know about your secret flat. I have an irrational fear of traffic wardens. Stop sticking your nose into matters that don't concern you. I was Frank Burton's wife and Frank Burton's mother. That was everything I am. Maybe it's like kosher or halal. Kosher or halal bacon, that's a new one. Everything I am. You and me, son. Everything I am. Everything I Am is the brand new novel by the author and podcaster Frank Burton. Available as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook, which is currently available for Name Your Price. Find all the details at frankburton.co.uk. Welcome to Rag Bag. My name's Frank Burton. You've probably seen it on the news, but Sycamore Steve's in prison now for that death threat he made a while ago. Big shout out to anyone who's been posting pics of themselves on social media wearing their free Sycamore Steve t-shirts. I appreciate your thoughts, but you're not helping matters. He's pleading insanity, or whatever they call it nowadays, so he's been sectioned under the Mental Health Act. Sorry, bit of a strange start to the show, guys. Bit of a strange situation all round, really. Let's take our mind off this troubling situation with a tune.
Shout out to Amy who says, It's a shame you're not doing that neutralising gripes feature anymore. I haven't really stopped it as such, Amy. I just can't be bothered to do it anymore. She continues, I have a number of gripes that have been bothering me lately. Firstly, any idiom that includes the word that. Think about it. Powers that be as opposed to what? Powers that don't exist. How about ties that bind? Ties that bind? Ties are supposed to bind, aren't they? If I had a tie that didn't bind, I'd take it back to the shop. Actually, Amy continues, I don't have many gripes, it's just those two really. Powers that be and ties that bind. I feel better already having shared this with you, and hopefully your listeners too. There you go, Amy. I'm glad to be of help. And yes, sometimes it does feel like there's a whole host of things wrong with you, but then you analyse it a bit and you realise it's actually something you can live with. On a related subject, I think that might be what proved to be the undoing of our good friend Sycamore Steve. Bottling it all up, and rather than face the causes of your pain, you get distracted by things like corrugated metal. But it's just an escape. The issues are still there, buried away. Now, I don't know what the causes of Sycamore Steve's pain are. You never mentioned having any. Maybe there's something, and no offence here, Amy. Maybe it's something ridiculous, like a couple of awkwardly worded English phrases, which don't really matter at the end of a day. At the end of a day, that's an odd one as well, isn't it? Where were we? Someone else has a concern. Matt in Beirut says, There is absolutely no way that paper should beat stone. Not in the real world. It's not the real world though, is it Matt? It's a game. Stone can beat everything. It wouldn't work. I don't even see what you're getting at. What's your point, Matt? There's a few more people complaining about stuff. I can't be bothered to read them all out. Shout out to everyone who's raised concern over the possibility that myself and Benedict Cumberbatch are planning a bank heist as a matter of fact, it's exactly what we are doing. But relax, it's a hypothesis. We're not actually going to do it. Benedict's got a few quid stashed away. He doesn't need the money. We're just enjoying ourselves. You know, we're bonding over this heist thing, actually. I always thought of Benedict as being, you know, this annoying bloke who won't leave me alone. But now, I've been taken in by his charm a little bit. Yeah, charm. Listeners, I would even go as far as to suggest that I like him. It's official. I like Benedict Cumberbatch. Up to a point. Mind you, we'll probably end up in loads of trouble for this. I'd better not say this out loud. Well, I will say it, but then I'll edit it out, right? So you're not hearing this at all. We've moved on. I was going to say we'll probably end up in loads of trouble if anyone actually finds all the extensive notes we've been making over the last few weeks. It's all conceivably possible, you see, that Benedict and I could actually pull this off. We've done our research, we've figured out how to get past this, how to get past that, cracking the combination lock, all of that stuff. It will make a hell of a movie. Let me stress just one last time in case I forget to edit this part out. I do have a history of doing that after all, or releasing the wrong version with all the incriminating stuff kept in. Let me stress, this is just a little game Benedict and myself are playing to pass the time during his frequent visits to the van. We have absolutely no intention of carrying this job out. 
unless we can definitely get away with it. And I think we probably can. You know what, I've said too much. Moving swiftly on, Ruth in Oslo says, I enjoyed hearing about all your inventions in the last episode. I have a few ideas myself, but I can't share them with you because you will probably read them all out in your podcast for any old person to steal. Any old person, Ruth? These are ragbag listeners, the ragbag alliance, if you will, an elite group. I mean, it's entirely possible that they might steal your ideas, that is true. Feel free to steal mine though, listeners. That's kind of why I like sharing things with you guys. Because I have a lot of ideas, but I don't have time to develop them all. So if anyone wants to do something with them, feel free. Yeah. Bear with me, because I've made some notes here for some other ideas that I've had lately. Not necessarily inventions, just concepts, really. Concepts, yeah. So the first one is world peace. Now, it's not what you think. It's peace spelt P-I-E-C-E. That kind of peace, you know? Now, you know those 3D globe jigsaw puzzles? I was thinking you could have one of them with 7.5 billion pieces. It's a big jigsaw puzzle. Bit complicated, but the good news is we don't actually have to make it. We just have to give every single person in the world a piece of the jigsaw, one each. Hence the name World Peace. I don't know, it might solve a few of the world's problems, like if you're thinking of turning your nose up at people from other countries, just remember, you've got a piece and they've got a piece, and if we wanted to, everyone in the world could get together and make a giant 3D globe. But that would be too much of a faff though, wouldn't it? It was hard enough manufacturing them and then handing them out to every single member of the world's human population, and imagine if we've made the puzzle and there's one piece missing, like some kid in China or Afghanistan swallowed it. That'd be annoying, wouldn't it? We're not going to make the jigsaw. We're all going to have a piece of the jigsaw. That's the point. That's, it's, it's a metaphor for something. Not sure what. Right, so that's world peace. Next idea, vending machines that dispense emotional support. Like you put a coin in and the machine says... Keep it up, you're doing a great job. Don't listen to Brian, he's a coward. Because the machine knows what's going on in your life and it knows what you need to hear at that precise moment in time. Next idea. An artificial intelligence program that talks like this and leaves a dramatic pause in the middle of a sentence and he tells all these tedious stories but because of all these dramatic pauses it really feels like the story is going somewhere but it's not you see we've all met people like that haven't we and I think Artificial intelligence needs to be properly mimicking people's quirks. You know what I mean? You've met people like that, haven't you? And I walked into the room and hanging from the front door was a letter. And I picked it up and I opened it. And it turned out it wasn't an important letter. It was 
an advertisement for UPBC Windows. You have, you know someone like that. Benedict's like that as a matter of fact in real life. You'd think he'd have some exciting tales of his showbiz lifestyle. No. All you get is a long rambling anecdote about the time he mistook a parsnip for a potato. Next idea, a delete option for thoughts. Painful memory? Delete. It's gone. Annoying song stuck in your head? Delete. It's like you never heard it. Also, maybe have the opposite of that, adding stuff in. Like let's say you've never read Moby Dick, but it's a bit long, you don't really have time. Click. Now you've got the whole thing in your head, right there. So that's deleting and adding thoughts. Here's an idea for a short story. A businessman gets invited to participate in a government think tank and he's got the wrong end of the stick about what a think tank is and he turns up expecting it to be an actual tank, like a military vehicle. And he's like, where's the tank? He shouts it because he's got a few issues. There's a whole backstory about him wanting to be in the army as a boy. Then he applied for it but failed the medical and he never got over it. He's really angry that he never got to be in the army. So he wears combat trousers all the time, even in the office. So he's like, where's the tank? And they explain to him that there is no tank. So he storms out and it's like a switch has been flipped in his brain. He goes off, breaks into an army barracks and steals a tank. Now he's on the run and he's got his own tank. And then, I don't know, some other things happen. Maybe he gets distracted by a heron. Is that a heron? That's a heron. Is that a heron there? Wow, what a glorious creature. You don't often see them just sitting in the river like that, do you? A brilliant heron. Yeah, it needs a bit of work. Here's another one. How about an artificial intelligence program that does that expression people make when they recognise someone, but they're not sure who they are? So instead of saying hello, they just raise their eyebrows a bit and then carry on walking? Are there any computer scientists listening who might be working on something like this? I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job or anything, guys. I'm just saying, make sure you're building robots that can do things like that. Or are you designing them so that they instantly recognise everyone? I don't like the sound of that. I don't like the thought of some robot walking around and I pass him in the street. I don't recognise him, but he recognises me and he goes, All right, Frank. And even then, he's just saying it out of politeness because he already knows everything about me because Google gave him all of my data and I let them because I ticked that box pretending to have read the terms and conditions. Nah, I don't like the sound of that. I'd rather let that robot raise his little metal eyebrows at me sheepishly. So, like I say, I hope you're working on that. Let me know how you're getting on. Now, here's an idea for a game show. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Contestants get pelted with sticks and stones to see if their bones break. Here's another one. You Be The Judge. That's another game show where a randomly selected member of the public gets to be a high court judge for the day. All decisions made, however outlandish, are legally binding. Uh, Panel Beaters. That's a panel show themed around the subject of panel beating. Here's another one for the computer scientists. An artificial intelligence program that takes the form 
of one of those people who, you know, one of those people who works in a different industry to you, but nonetheless, they talk to you about their job as though you're supposed to know the ins and outs of it. And then they start trying to impress you by name dropping people you've never heard of. And this is important, guys. Make sure you get this bit right, because all of these people do it. When they say the name you're supposed to be impressed by, they do a little nod, just a little one, tiny sometimes, but always detectable. I know this is audio, so you can't see me doing this, but they do this, right? Burt Reynolds, like that. Burt Reynolds. Imagine me doing a little nod. But it never is Burt Reynolds, is it? It's a bunch of names you don't recognise. Yeah, I was at the annual meetup, and Bob Teacup was there, and Sally Ann Meadleberry, and Alex Crymonger, and I ran into Mary Shoehorn, actually, and uh, Mary Shoehorn, always the nod, every single time with the nod, Mary Shoehorn, Mary Shoehorn, Burt Reynolds, Mary Shoehorn says she's working on a new project with Peter Bexelbaum and Gretel Wegnut. sounds like a cool project. You know, Benedict's a bit like that as well. He's always mentioning people expecting me to know who they are. I mean, who the hell is Barack Obama? Impressive person to have met, apparently. I'll be the judge of that, Benedict. Does Barack Obama have his own podcast? Nah. Doesn't have the guts, whoever he is. What you could do is stage a conversation between the robot who leaves the dramatic pauses and the robot who does the name dropping. And the robot who leaves dramatic pauses will be like, I was making a salad with tomatoes and lettuce and cucumber and beetroot. And he does the beetroot. He does a little nod when he says beetroot like he said, Burt Reynolds, because Unconsciously, he's picking up on the other robot's body language and mimicking it. Bedroom. And just a little bit of spinach. And all of a sudden, I realised I didn't have the dressing that I like. The Pizza Express one. What should I do? And then I thought, I know. A little olive oil. A little lemon juice. That'll really do the job. Nicely. And the robot who does the name dropping is like, that's the whole story. And the robot who leaves the dramatic pauses says, yes. And the robot who does the name dropping says, well, that's interesting. It reminds me of the time I was at the International Salad Festival with David Saunter and Anita Galbraith and Tatiana Goose. And I ran into Graham Wheely, and he said he was working on a new kind of salad with Hal Bakarich and Sheila Peake and Burt Reynolds. It sounds like a really cool salad. Right, so that's the two robots thing. Um, one final idea. I wasn't going to say this, but, uh, you know, I won't say it actually. It's, it's stupid. I'll keep that one to myself. It's It's stupid. Well, it's not. The reason that I'm not going to mention it is as soon as you hear it, you're going to claim the idea as your own, make your fortune with it. It's an absolute winner. Don't get me wrong, it is stupid as well. 
there's just, you know, more than one reason. What the hell? I might as well tell you about it. I'm working on enough projects. I'm not going to get round to doing this million dollar idea. This one is yours. Ready? Right. You know, on TV shows, when they do like a recap of the previous episode, and there's like eight or nine really quick clips, just a few seconds each. And if you didn't see last week's episode, you're like, oh good, there's a recap, that's helpful. Oh look, there's a couple getting married, they look very happy. Oh, now he's having an affair with the bridesmaid, dirty rat, that was quick. Oh look, he's dead now. Don't know who did it, but someone left behind a pair of sunglasses. I wonder what's going to happen next. Well, how about a TV show where that's the whole show for an hour? The whole thing goes at that speed. Hundreds and hundreds of major plot points, one after another. Cops are investigating. They found the sunglasses, arrested someone, interrogated him. Hang on, turns out it wasn't him. Now they've found somebody else. A fingernail on the floor in the car. DNA that. Oh, wrong person again. Quick turnaround. Oh, look, they've solved the crime, arrested the wife. Bit obvious, never mind. Now someone else has been murdered. Now the lead detective on the case, she's been murdered as well. I'm some guy in a flashback from the 1980s. He's been murdered. They'll probably explain that later. Now there's a new lead detective, and it's the previous detective's brother, and he's yelling, There is no conflict of interest. I'm a professional. Now he's crying in the toilets. Ah, oh, poor fella. Now he's been murdered as well. Everyone, everyone's been murdered. Hang on a minute, that's what you should call it. Everyone's been murdered. You know, when you make your millions from this million dollar idea I've given you. Right, that's your lot. Let's have some tunes. And, you know, listen, don't worry about this Sycamore Steve business. It'll all sort itself out one way or another. Just let it happen, whatever it is. Thanks to everyone who's been in touch to tell me I ought to be getting police protection. I appreciate your thoughts, but I think you'll find it's the police who need protection from me. <laughs> I've got that. I've got that from somewhere, haven't I? I can't remember where offhand. Maybe I just made it up, in which case I'm going to have to use that. Maybe as one of the snippets in my hit TV show, Everyone's Been Murdered. Where were we? Yes, um, don't worry about my safety. I'm of no fixed abode and I'm not on social media. I'm absolutely fine. You want to hire a hitman? Good luck tracking me down. That's quite a good line too. I'll make a note of that one. Okay, make a note of that. I highly recommend not being on social media, by the way. I do. It's brilliant.
Ragbag recommends now. If you haven't heard this yet, let me tell you about your new favourite podcast. At Sixes and Sevens is the brand new show from the makers of the extraordinarily different experimental comedy ABCD Bags. Presented by Bradley Dorenkamp, produced by Jeremy Kalina, two legends of the independent podcast scene. There's comedy, there's music, there's special guests, everything but the kitchen sink. They'll probably put a kitchen sink in there next week now that I've said that. This is the theme tune you're listening to right now, by the way. And here is one of their sketches. This is the sort of thing that you can expect from At Sixes and Sevens, as well as the unexpected, of course. Expect that too. Yeah. In the restaurant services industry, the patrons are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, the servers who take the orders and the kitchen staff who prepares them. These are their stories. Right this way, folks. Great. I've been waiting to get in here forever. I've heard great things. Well, we live to serve, sir. Now, here are your menus. Why don't you take a look and I'll be back for your orders momentarily. Uh, in the meantime, please enjoy your complimentary coleslaw. From executive chef Dick Wolf comes the hottest new dining experience, slaw and order. We start you off with a heaping bowl of our signature slaw while our waitstaff thoroughly and procedurally gets your order ready. What can I get you, sir? My wife will have the max green salad, and I will have, um... Well, how do you feel about the Munchwitch? Ooh, great. Uh, let's ask this gentleman unloading boxes into the kitchen. The Munchwitch? Yeah, I think I've had that before, but it's been a while. I've seen two, maybe three people order it tops. Uh, they didn't leave no complaints, though. I'd say I'd give it a six out of ten. Not for nothing, but my money's on the Briscoe Melt. That sounds great. I think I'll take the Briscoe Melt. Excellent. And to drink? Two McCoys, on the rocks. Let me go get this order in and I'll be around to refill your slaw shortly. That's right, more slaw. In fact, we're so dedicated to our delicious house-made coleslaw that we give you 30 whole minutes of it before we bring you your order. And here are your orders. Oh, thank God. I couldn't possibly eat any more slaw. Wait, wasn't this supposed to come with a side of... Gravy fries? Sir, I am so sorry. I will talk to my manager about making an adjustment to your bill. I'll allow it, but watch yourself. Slaw and order. Food so good you'll want to come back for 20 years. And coming this fall, check out our new location specializing in an all-plant-based menu. Slaw and order. Special vegans unit. 
tedious stories, tedious stories. I haven't really stopped it as such, Amy, I just can't be bothered to do it anymore. Dramatic pauses, dramatic pauses, dramatic pauses. You see, we've all met people like that, haven't we? Tedious stories, just can't be bothered to do it anymore, just can't be bothered to do it anymore. All you get is a long, rambling anecdote about the time he mistook a parsnip for a potato. Dilly! 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 It's like you never heard it. Where's the tank? Dilly! It's like you never heard it. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Burt, 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 Burt Reynolds.
Thank you for listening. Frankburton.co.uk. Check out my website. There is loads of things on there, including information about all of my books, which are currently available. A History of Sarcasm 100. And of course, the first ever ragbag novel, Everything I Am. Check that out. It's an absolute masterpiece. The Ragbag Rambler video series, that's on there as well. You really should watch those if you haven't got round to it yet. There's 12 of them. Get going with that. And I will see you next time. Thank you very much. Bag Podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. <laughs>